Hey everyone, welcome back to The Daily Blend Show with me, Reed Daly. In episode 69, we sound off with LA-based DJ Shorty. Described as the world's premier female DJ by the Grammy Foundation, a world-renowned DJ, turntablist, and music producer, Rolling Stone magazine distinguishes her among the fader-flipping elite. Adding that, her creativity and prowess on the wheels are constantly mind-boggling. Shorty, also an instructor, record label, boss, actor, voice coach, and published author. Honored as Queen of Scratch World by DJ Times, DJ Shorty has a 25-plus year career, highlighted in series of Ladies First, her pioneering spirit, inspiring talent, and long resume of accomplishments sparks awe, gender aside. All right, so typically we run the whole episode, but it was a little longer of an interview. So we did part one last week, and you are checking out part two of the interview with DJ Shorty. Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you to like, follow, and subscribe Daily Blend on all social platforms. Twitter, Instagram are the big places to find us. Also, check us out on all the other podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We post on YouTube as well, and of course, dailyblend.com. I will include in the show notes all of DJ Shorty's social um, links so that you can like, follow, and subscribe her. And with that said, enjoy part two of my interview with her. Once you move to LA, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit before, you know, we started recording. How did you go from, you know, touring into teaching and really starting to get that as part of your repertoire, if you will, or your your kind of your livelihood? When did that sort of kick up for you? So, well, the videos were that back then was part of my livelihood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you don't have much money and you make three hundred dollars, uh, you know, in a week selling videos, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so, so it, it's always been there. Um, but it was, it was more of like a side thing that I was passionate about. But aside, in terms of money, you know, the big money was at the gigs and touring. Obviously, you know, you make way more in one night than you would, uh, or than I was at the time selling instructional videos. But I, when I moved out to LA is when I started teaching classes. So before then I had never, I was just teaching private lessons here and there to friends, like not anything really organized, like anything like now, um, just like friends who were like, Hey, I want to learn. And then I would teach them. I would teach them for free too. I wasn't, they weren't, I wasn't charging. Um, and then the videos is where I was making money, but there were no DJ schools back then when I started teaching. And so when we moved out to LA in 2000, at the end of 2004, January 2005 was the first month that the Scratch DJ Academy opened in LA. So Scratch DJ Academy that. Academy was founded by Jam Master J, rest in peace, in um and in New York, and they had a New York one, and then they opened an LA um, franchise um in January of 2005. And I just moved to LA. I had met the director of the school. He had come out at a show that I was DJing at, um, and um. He had heard of my DVD series, 
Um, and he's like, do you want to come teach a guest class? And I was like, no, I want to teach a class on a regular basis. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, so when this next round of classes started, that's when I started teaching at the Scratch DJ Academy. I taught there for four years. I, I was a head professor there for four years. And I taught a class, a mixing class, a scratching class, and a beat juggling class. They were all my curriculums. Like I didn't have to use their curriculum or anything like that. They let me do whatever I wanted with my class. Um, and I met so many awesome people there through my students, teaching all different types of students, like doctors and lawyers. They weren't all career DJs. You know, I taught uh, the creator of um, the X-Files, <laughs> you know, like, and of course right. in LA, there's like actors and writers and producers, you know, and so they're just interested in learning how to DJ. And then there's also the career DJs. So like, for instance, DJ City is a record pool. It's a really popular record pool now around the world. Um, and those guys were my students at the Scratch DJ Academy back then. And that's how a lot of those guys at DJ City learned to DJ <laughs> um, was at in our class. And I say ours, because our classes, because my husband was a, a teacher's assistant for me. Um, and so that in that <laughs> teaching that uh, teaching um, at the Scratch DJ Academy really helped me hone my curriculum even more because I had a curriculum for DVDs. Uh, but I didn't have any interaction, that much interaction with people, except for the few people that I had taught one on one. And so teaching in that way in a class setting, too, and having like to keep everyone sort of in the same place, you know, and um, and teaching a way that advanced people can learn and not get bored and beginners, you know, are not getting left behind and stuff and just developing my teaching um the curriculum and the tools that I use and stuff like that so much came out of those four years when I was teaching there because I had free reign, you know, to just develop yeah. and 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 do that. And so then and and then um, after that, I also then I started teaching at all different schools. So I taught at Dubspot. I taught for the Grammy Foundation. I toured for the Grammy Foundation, going to inner city schools, teaching kids how to DJ. Um, I, I taught for Berkeley. I still teach for Berkeley. I go in and guest teach um, Berkeley College of Music. Um, SAE, I've taught for SAE. So I've taught for like all the big DJ schools and then Very also, cool. um, uh, and Beat Junkies Institute of Sound now, they're only two years old right now, two, I think two or three years old, but um, I've taught there as well. A, a lot of guest workshops and stuff like that. But my curriculum was really honed when I was teaching at the Scratch DJ Academy. Uh, and so now I still go back to those teaching tools and I've developed them since. But that is that is how once teaching there, I was still, of course, this is 2005 at this time. Of course, I'm touring as a DJ and that's my main income. But that's when the teaching thing really started to take more tangible shape so that um, in around 2012. So I was teaching about a bunch of different schools. I was touring. I did a video series for. Um, the Grammy Foundation also. Uh, and then I did a video series uh, for um, Turntable U. And so this is back then when I was wanting to do like some sort of online something, but the technology wasn't there yet. So this is like pre, still pre 2010, right? And so then in 2012, I wrote a book for Hal Leonard, which is, a, Hal Leonard is the biggest music publisher in the world and distribute, distributor so for like sheet music and like if you were ever in band in school and like grade school the books you were probably learning from were Hal Leonard books with your sheet music and yeah. stuff and I actually got connected with Hal Leonard through Rain which is Rain uh, DJ Mixers they uh, were my sponsor 
still are different company now they're owned by in music but this is before when rain was by itself rain and uh dean standing from rain introduced me to uh uh john um at Hal Leonard and then they were like we want you to write a book on how to DJ and I was like nobody wants to learn to DJ from a book <laughs> like how do you like how do you sh there's got to be a video element to this because it's very hard to express just like in written form how to DJ maybe <laughs> a couple pictures so the, I was like all right I'll do this for you but um number for two Thing. there's two things that have to happen one has to have a video element so it has to have a dvd in it and then two um i want to do an online instructional series and back then the um yeah. vimeo wasn't what it is now there weren't like online um there wasn't like teachable or kajabi or these companies that make it easy for online uh content educational content creators to make online courses so back then you had to have like the band you pay like so much money for the bandwidth and the server space it was really really expensive so it was out of our budget to do it on our own so we were looking for a third party so i agreed to write the book i wrote the book um and they were going to do a dvd series with me um and then they said hold tight we're transitioning our business to a different model I was like, ah, oh, this is one of the stipulations why I wrote the book. <laughs> and then yeah. they came back to me in a year and they were like, okay, we're ready. And it's all online. And we're doing it through a company called Groove3. So Groove3.com is where I released my complete DJ method. And that is 22 DJ courses um, teaching you all about mixing on all different kinds of equipment. So it's DJ controllers and... Um, turntables and CDJs. And I even have a, had a tractor course on a tractor controller. Uh, and of course, Serato as well and Rekordbox. Uh, so that that all came out of the book that I wrote for Hal Leonard. And the book was called Spin Now, the DJ, um, Spin Now, the DJ Starter Handbook. Uh, and it was supposed to be a handbook and it turned into more of a book <laughs> because I'm really, <laughs> as you can tell, long-winded <laughs> and thorough, um, but it had the DVD element. And so that's how we shot that we, uh, ourselves, Bobby and I shot the, the content for that DVD and we learned a lot. And so then through that process, when we did the, the DVD series with Hal Leonard on Groove 3, we shot all that in our garage. We built a film studio in our garage and shot the whole thing there. And so that is how everything developed until now. So now I do all my, uh, I, I have the studio here, which people on the podcast can't see, but I'm in my music studio right now. And so people would, I would teach one-on-one -on -one private lessons, of course, still guest teaching at schools and stuff like that. But I stopped teaching classes at schools because I wanted more freedom now in this stage in these, you know, uh, the last five years or so, I realized I don't need a school. And I, I my favorite way to teach is either one-on-one -on -one or through video. One-on-one, um, -on -one because like we can really go on a journey and we can dig into the mindset and all the stuff that's blocking you behind why you're feeling like you can't create the success in your career and stuff like that. And then, of course, it's a lot easier to teach someone when it's just them, all the focus is on them. And you can really like you capitalize on their strengths and like you can see where their weaknesses are and 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 hit it right away rather than a class setting where you got to got got to cut keep everyone sort of on the same plane. So one on one is my sweet spot. And I started teaching online lessons in the last I want to say three years. 
uh, I started, but the technology still wasn't quite there yet. And I was doing it through Zoom, but you know, trying to figure out like how to use capture cards with my GoPro and and on and webcams and get the audio straight and everything. So it wasn't until last the I would say the last year and a half, two years where I really hit my stride with the online lessons, private one-on-one. -on -one. And um, and then of course when COVID hit earlier this year. I was I was already set up like I just had to make a few tweaks to bring on more online students because then I couldn't bring people in my studio because my studio is in my house. <laughs> I also don't want to bring people in my house <laughs> during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so uh, so it was a very easy shift for me into full online in terms of that. And then in terms of creating courses, um, I'm working on two uh, massive online coaching programs which are like it's got has pre-filmed content but then there's also the live element with me so q a calls and um hot seat coaching and stuff like that so that i can serve more people because uh, one-on-one -on -one, there's only so many hours in the day it's time for dollars <laughs> you know what i mean and i love it but i i know in order to expand i want to be able to serve more people but still have that interactive touch and for and the biggest thing i get from like say my stuff on Groove Three is like people want feedback. They want to know what they're doing is right and or what why they're getting stuck or whatever. And when you don't have that interactive feedback element, you get tons of drop off. Like people aren't getting the full uh, experience that they need. And so I'm trying. Uh, I'm not trying. I am right now working on two programs: one mixing, one scratching that are merging this intimate one-on-one -on -one experience online you know, via streaming with pre-filmed content, um, all in like one big monster flagship course for mixing and then one for scratching. So uh, it's in the works. I'm hoping to release them next year. Um, the mixing one will come first and then and then the scratching one. But that's where I'm at now. <laughs> nice. Cool. So uh, I'm going to dovetail from mixing and scratching to talking about equipment. So you, you clearly have been doing teaching a lot. And you obviously know all the platforms. I mean, what what have you seen or and what do you really like about kind of where technology is from a, a DJ equipment standpoint? And where's there like gaps where you're just like, God, I wish I had this feature capability that I don't have today. Um well, I've definitely seen <laughs> the arc of technology from starting in <clears throat> 1995 when you know, I had a little Gemini scratch mas master mixer that is a tiny, tiny little mixer um, that uh, and two turntables. And I actually got that mixer for my husband uh, as a Christmas present. But I got the benefit from <laughs> uh, having it in the house uh, and then our cat peed on it. So we couldn't use it anymore <laughs> feed in the mixer, <laughs> which is terrible for DJ mixers. But that's where we started. Then we got an MTMX mixer that had like a it didn't have a sharp curve on the crossfader. So we had uh, Bobby rigged the crossfader to at least make it loose so that we, you know, it didn't have the sharp curve, but it was looser, you know? And then we finally, we were the last um, people in our DJ crew to get the 05 Pro by Vestax, which back then was like oh, yeah. the god of it. all scratch mixers. Like you wanted the 05 Pro. And so we finally got one and we were so, you know, so that was back then and you know, we're just on, vinyl records we um were aware of cds but that wasn't our instrument because we were turntablists so we stuck to vinyl records at that time we didn't get on the cd bandwagon at that time and then in around 
2001, around when uh, Bobby and I got married, uh, we uh, were touring in Amsterdam. And one of the places that we toured was this place where they bring in musicians to create technology, to create like their dream technology, right? Like, so they're like, uh, back then, and this is 2001, they were making like MIDI guitars. And back then that was like new, like they didn't have like, that wasn't a prominent thing. And so they would take a guitarist and they'd say, what do you want out of your guitar? And then they'd make their dream instrument. And so we were there to create MIDI turntables <laughs> back then. And as we're working and we're brainstorming, we were just in the very beginnings of brainstorming this project with them. And we then we went out to eat like while we were on tour out there. And I remember like looking in, in like Herb Magazine or DJ Times or something and seeing um, that Richie Houghton uh, had created Final Scratch with um, Stanton or they were that's what they were working on and we we're like this is exactly what we're trying to do like in a different way but very similar and we were like well that sucks that he did it first but <laughs> we don't really care because we didn't weren't doing it for the notoriety you know we weren't like people that wanted to create something we just wanted the thing like we weren't the creators were the people so they were more bummed at the place that we were doing it with because that's they wanted to create it we just wanted the thing to be able to do what we wanted with it and so we were first to some of the first people to jump on final scratch um and we were um sponsored by stanton at that time which is who did final scratch uh and so we would showcase final scratch and so watching that technology bringing the computer in on things we got hated on a ton because they were like you're cheating you're using a computer <laughs> um and even though we were using turntables and stuff um and so we saw watch that arc from then until now and you're seeing like of course later a few years later uh, Serato came out and then we um, we were sponsored by Rain, of course, and Rain paired with Serato at that time. And so uh, we were sponsored by Serato. And the, I want to say that was um, around like 2002, 2003-ish. Uh, and then um, and so we've been on Serato ever since. However, I do teach or I did for when I was creating the series for Groove 3, it was like, people want to learn on what their thing is. And it, it, especially at that time, it was like they, people were having, I noticed the feedback I was getting was, was like, oh, that's cool, but you're showing it on turntables and I have a controller. And so I need to learn yeah. from a class that shows it on a controller. So I uh, took on the crazy task of making uh, four different series of courses. Each series, one was CDJs, one was... Um, turntables, one was Serato controller and one was tractor controller. And I had to learn all the platforms. So record box and tractor. Um, and of course, Serato, which was my, is my sweet spot because that's what I use as a performer um, and, and controllers. So I, I had to basically just nerd out and learn about all this technology, all this different technology so that I could then teach the practical application of DJing on this yeah. technology. And in that, there were also courses on how to use the actual gear and the software and stuff like that. And so that was a really big learning time for me. And also getting to see all the platforms uh, it, it very intimately in a way, because you have to explain every single feature. When you do a software course, it's like this tractor course was six hours long. It was so long because that program is a monster. Uh, and around that time, uh, the uh, STEM decks came out and stuff like that. And so oh, yeah. that, that was new and stuff. And so, and it came out as I was making the course, I was like, crap, now I got to learn this so I could teach it. <laughs> um, but so, 
I, I was fortunate to see all that. And I will say that even after digging into all those platforms and, and using all the gear, my instrument is still turntables and Serato. Uh, that is still what I prefer to use. Um, it's my sweet spot. And then, but I can definitely play on CDJ as a controller because I teach on it and, and I'm fine with that. But when, when you're like, what's your instrument? It's turntables, a rain mixer and Serato right now. It's the rain 72 mixer that I have right now. Uh, I also love the rain 12s. They're awesome. If you're, if me personally using a DJ controller, they are the most like turntables. Uh, and, and I remember showcasing at the NAM show, uh, when they de debuted them, I showcased the Rain 12s, and I had never used them before that showcase because that's how NAM goes. Sometimes you just got to show up and use it for the first time and make the gear look good <laughs> and hope that it doesn't <laughs> fail you. Um, and so I was so nervous because they debuted the 72 mixer that year and the Rain 12s. I was more nervous about the 12s. I hadn't touched any of the gear. The mixer crashed during my set. I had way more problems with the mixer because <laughs> it was a beta mixer. It wasn't like fully. Right done yet as as nam goes <laughs> a manufacturer if you've ever been to nam uh, manufacturers are debuting their beta gear and so it's not always fully functional and as an artist you got to make it look good um and like you've been practicing with it forever but half the time you've never touched it before so i was so nervous but when i was i when i was djing on the 12s i forgot that i wasn't on turntables of course i kept going for the oh. tone arm that was the reminder that i wasn't on tone arms because they don't have a or on turntables because they don't have a tone arm on the 12s. But other than that, the feel of them, and back then they didn't have the control discs. It was actual vinyl records that they had drilled holes in and made an adapter and put them. So the, the discs d were actual records too. So it, it felt oh, wow. just like turntables. And it was so <clears throat> such an easy transition over to that. And then of course the mixer, once it got out of beta, it's an awesome mixer. So I don't want to poo-poo the mixer. I use it all the all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are my my instruments are either turntables, a rain mixer, and Serato, or uh rain twelves and a rain a rain mixer <laughs> and Serato. And then in terms of your question right. about the features, um there's just little things at this point. I mean, there's the equipment now is so feature rich. Sometimes it's too much <laughs> stuff going on, um, but everybody uses things in different ways. So, and, and after teaching so many different types of gear, I understand why the manufacturers pack these things with all these features because no one person DJs the exact same. Even if we have the same, you and I have the same music and the same equipment, we'll both play come you know differently we both have our own style we both have different ways we like to use different features and stuff like that um so i get it um but for me i i still i prefer a two channel mixer rather than four channels uh you know so, so i keep some things more minimal um but then i really really love you know the looping features the tone play features pitch and time plugin is an amazing plugin um, in Serato. So you tone play, you can transpose your keys and everything. So like all this stuff that I wanted from a musician standpoint back in the day, like they've made all this stuff, like cue points yeah. and stuff. It's only little stuff that I would say, like, um, I'd love to be able to turn key lock off on my mixer rather than in my software, like little, little weird yeah features like that but there isn't really i think m now more than audio it's the streaming experience that i would love to see upgraded a bit in terms of quality and stuff like that but that's um that's technology but not and that's technology being a musician wanting to you know um 
say jam with other people, for example, like in my lessons, we will do Q&A scratching, for example, like I'll scratch for uh, a bar and then you mimic me and you scratch for a bar back and forth or I'll scratch four bars and you scratch four bars and we'll jam together. But I have to mute you in Zoom so that I don't, because there's a delay, right? So it's not a mm. delay on the student's end, but for me to actually execute what I need to do so that you can copy me, I have to mute you. And so I'm scratching to myself. <laughs> like I'm not hearing the other person scratch so that then they can, then, but they're scratching, you know, and they're getting the full experience. The student gets the full experience, but I don't. So I would love that technology. Some DJ company has to fuse with some screen, like Zoom or something and, and get this technology so that there is, you can minimize that delay. And I'm sure that has to do with bandwidth and the internet and all that stuff. But that's where I'm looking more towards in terms of that. That and of course, video quality streaming. But I feel like COVID and the pandemic has really uh, lit a fire under these companies' asses <laughs> to like up-level their technology. Just in the last six months, I've seen huge strides. And Zoom, for example, we were just talking about Zoom, um, and also OBS, and like OBS is open broadcast software that you can use for streaming on like YouTube and Twitch and, and stuff like that. You can stream directly on those platforms, but OBS allows you to do layers and um, have different audio sources, different video sources, switch things and stuff. Um, so that's really cool, but I would love, and, and there's been huge strides and, and it's been getting better, uh, but it's still not there quite yet, especially in the jam session uh, environment. Like that, that sort of functionality definitely isn't there yet. I do do um, uh, these free uh, scratch practice workouts. Uh, I call them scratch DJ workouts on YouTube. Uh, and it's just something I started during COVID uh, to sort of give back to people who are on lockdown or like struggling right now. They can't afford lessons or anything like that. And also to yeah. give them, you know, they can practice along with me. And sh and I, I teach during the whole thing and I'm teaching them how to practice. And of course you learn cuts during that thing. Uh, but there, I get interaction in the chat, right? But I can't see them, right? So I'm doing Q&A and I'm leaving the space open for them. And that's cool. And they're getting this great experience and it's on replay and they can watch them as many times and practice with them as many times as they want. It's all free. Uh, but as the teacher, it's a lot harder to teach that way and not get, you know, of course, when I'm teaching and I don't put you on mute, like I see what you're doing and hear what you're doing. But if we're ever going to then interact and, and, and jam back and forth or scratch back and forth or, you know, whatever we're doing as a, in, in sort of a band way, like a way a band would play, it's yeah. really hard to do that um, in this format. There are some new technologies. I think that there's something called jammer uh, that um, is, trying to do that, but it's still not there yet. And so that is really where I see the void in the market, not really in the audio space, me personally. I don't know, other people might feel that way. But me, I, I mean, once the 12s came out, it was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> that, that was what I needed, a controller that felt exactly like a turntable and looked like one. Um, nice. But yeah, did that answer your question? Nice. It does, it does. Cool. So um, where can people find you on uh, social media and online? Uh, so my website is djshorty.com, and that's D-J-S-H-O-R-T-E-E 
com, short to the double E. Uh, and that is where you can find everything. So you can find everything about my DJ, uh, music, production, our record labels, course of lessons, uh, DJ courses, all that stuff. And social media is on there as well. Uh, my social media handle is at DJ Shorty, spelled the same way. Um, it is, that's it on Twitter, although I'm never on Twitter, just to let you know, uh, I'm on there once in a while. And Facebook, it's uh, DJ Shorty Official, because someone else, there's a there's an imposter out there <laughs> who took DJ Shorty. Um, but, but I say those first because where my place that I party is Instagram. I'm really not on Facebook hardly ever. Uh, my, you know, my Facebook page, it exists and I interact with it once in a while. But if you really want to jam with me on social media, Instagram's where it's at. Um, and that's where I spend, if I'm going to spend time on social media, it's at DJ Shorty on Instagram. Um, but my website has all that stuff. Oh, YouTube. YouTube is my other place to play. It's Instagram and YouTube. YouTube, I love YouTube, um, especially for teaching. Um, and just like the SEO capabilities, Twitch is cool, but, and you build a following, but it's sort of encapsulated in its own world. Whereas YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. So if you really want to get nerdy, <laughs> um, so that is why I prefer YouTube because I can reach way more people uh, and it's very searchable mm -hmm. and especially for learning. Cause why, why do you go to YouTube? Usually it's, it's to either be entertained or how to do something, right? And so you're searching how to cut my hair during a pandemic. I know most of us have probably searched that right about now. I know I have. Um, so it's how to do stuff on YouTube. So I really enjoy YouTube. And that is also at DJ Shorty. Uh, and then I also have at Complete DJ Method, which is for that uh, series that I did on Groove 3. But you can find all that on my website. So just djshorty.com. And uh, I also have a free uh, download on there. There's tons of free music downloads. But specifically, if you are a student um, learning to scratch, learning to scratch specifically, I have a free scratch DJ toolkit that you can download for free and it has um, beats. You don't even have to be a scratch DJ to want this toolkit because it has at least 11 or 12 original Urban Assault beats that you can't find anywhere else. They're really dope beats so you can DJ with them too. You don't have to scratch with them, but they're also great for scratching and beat juggling. And then some scratch sentences with uh, my favorite scratch samples and sounds and stuff like that. And so you can download that for free at djshorty.com slash scratch DJ toolkit. Uh, and if you forget that URL, you can just go to djshory.com and you'll find it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks for having on. I'm going to hit uh, stop and uh, stop recording real quick. Cool. Well, well, thank you so much for listening. Everyone oh. who's listening. <laughs> did you already hit stop? <laughs> I did not. Then, then hit stop. Good. Okay, go. We haven't stopped I did yet. Not yeah, hit I just stop. Wanna... I just want to say thank you all for everyone who's listening. Um, I really appreciate you spending this time with us, and uh, I hope to see you online sometime soon. Thank you for tuning in to part two of my interview with DJ Shorty. As you can tell by the uh, end of his show, I was uh, accidentally trying to, uh, you know, push stop so we could chat after the episode and sort of cut uh, her off a little bit uh, before giving a closeout thank yous. But from both of us, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, as always, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe Daily Blend on all social channels and podcast platforms. I will put all of Shorty's uh, links that she mentioned in the show notes and on dailyblend.com. And with that said, uh, hope you have a lovely rest of your day and we'll catch you at the end of the week on the Friday Top 5. Thanks for tuning in.